Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com slash BrainCandy30 and enter code BrainCandy30. Glorious, poppy, stop it! In the sun, oh, rising to meet the dawn. And you look like you look virginal. No, you're like mom in it. I am mom in it. Did you see my my shoes? Oh yeah, yeah, they're loafers. She has leopard print loafers. She's mm-hmm. wearing a white button up mm. and a statement necklace. <laughs> it, yes, <laughs> it's like. I'm a flowy <laughs> shawl away from being your therapist. And your husband told me like you're slowly uh-huh. filtering in the Okay, for the record, he bought me this necklace, so it's his fault. Well, cuz Sarah claims that female psychologists and therapists have this particular aesthetic, right? They totally. Do. How would you describe it? Witchy woman yes. meets it's like witchy woman. Chico's. Wom- yes. Talbot. Talbot. <laughs> witchy woman, but like t- not too far in the um, Stevie Nicks category. Yeah. More in like. like, like My witchy- Nona. <laughs> witchy woman, but like paired with. It's like a business witchy. <laughs> business witch. <laughs> a witch with a decent job. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and Sarah allegedly mm-hmm. is starting to like get these items into her closet. <laughs> totally, totally am. If I were to untuck this shirt, then it would be more of like a tunic and I wore it with black leggings tunic. and I wore it with a, like a wrap because the, for some reason therapy offices are always freaking freezing. Yeah. And then there's something about having a sweater, which makes you feel cozy. And when you look cozy, people like open mm. up to you a little more. So I always like I look cozy, and then they lean in and talk to me more. Do they instruct you guys about that? No. I mean, we oh, have a, we have a it's dress code, but I think... <laughs> dress code. It's like, no spaghetti straps. No. Oh, for sure. What else? And then oh, there's a whole bunch of stuff. And then <laughs> the craziest part is thinking that the reason why there is that dress code is because somebody once thought it would be a good idea to actually wear that. <laughs> Like, the things that they they said that in orientation. They were like, we have to say this because we had to say this. <laughs> so, like, no spaghetti straps. No open back tops. Like, the tops that have, like, a cutout in the back. Wow. Basically, like, don't show a lot of skin. Uh, what about, like, shoes? Oh, and you can't show, like, if you have a tattoo on your chest area, you can't show, like, a peekaboo tattoo. Like, if it if your blouse line maybe shows half your tattoo... Because it's implying like people are going to think about what the heck is under there, and they're going to be thinking like, "What is that? What? What?" They like, already are. I'm not so to see any of my. No, I'm sorry. Every man is undressing you with his oh. eyes. Every and lesbian. My God, when we did that episode about your like pansexuality or whatever you are, <laughs> like I swear our me. ratings went through the roof, and it was all <laughs> lesbians who were like, "Go on, go on." I mean, there is a whole community of people who are just dying well, for you to be interested in that. I mean, and I'm among them. (laughs) Like I feel the shame too, the the pain of uh, rejection. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. (laughs) But I mean, I feel like that the wardrobe thing is kind of silly. But what ups? 
What about footwear? Any open toes allowed? Uh, yeah, but they can't be like flip-flop sandals. They have to be, hmm. um, you know. Yeah, but like, also, I don't want to be like showing my toes to No. Even if, even Mm-mm. though they're well manicured. Yeah. I still, it's, I've realized recently how kind of gross flip-flops are in Absolutely. public. Absolutely. And then when people wear them, I said, really? Yes. Because I didn't really think about this. Oh, this at the top, it's literally, and the correct use of literally, <laughs> the first thing on her list. That's hilarious. Yeah, because I read this thing. Um, I think it was by my friend, Auntie Donahue. Oh She's God. a great writer. And she wrote a piece about like, how gross flip-flops are. And the worst is when, well, whoever, I mean, men, male or female, they cross their leg and or, or put their foot out. And you know how it's almost like the, the shoe comes off the bottom of their foot a little and you can see all of their heel. And then sometimes <laughs> it's like cracked and it's got like the dirt in the cracks. Oh, I just want to take a sander to them. <laughs> sander. It's real gross. Don't you feel bad for pedicurists? I do. That is nasty. How they have to saw away all that skin. You know, like, it's hard for me to, like, I have to think, you know, because I I think, oh, you know, my feet are nice, so it's probably not that bad. But then, I mean, right before my grandmother passed away, my mom (laughs) took her to get a pedicure because my mom was like... What was going on? My mom was like, I can't do it. (laughs) What was happening? 99-year-old women woman foot, Mm. it's kind of gross. Those nails... Oh, God. I mean, you got to regularly keep them up or they just start, mm-hmm. It's like know. biblical times. I was thinking that. I've been thinking a lot about that kind of stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> is it silly that we, like, you know, manicure our hands and do all that stuff? Well, what if I just stopped? No. No. It's not silly. It's not at all. Yeah, that's the Lord's work. Boy, oh, boy. <laughs> that's why I am of two minds about women who get... um you know, fake tips and stuff, Yeah, which I've done before too, but it's a weird cultural thing. Yeah. If you really think about what we're doing, we're trying to make it look like there's more dead nail (laughs) and then we're decorating it. I know, but it looks so nice. It does, but only because we've been culturally taught to believe that. Yeah. But it's it's like really is the last thing where the sign of a worker is mm. so okay for yeah. uh, like I'm I'm going somewhere with this. So you know how it was once really fashionable to be white and pasty because mm-hmm. you didn't work in the sun. You didn't work in the sun. Yeah. Well now it's reversed. It's like Yeah. You get to lay on the you, beach all yeah, day. Yeah, you should be tan. Yeah. Nails is mm-hmm. like the one where Same we're thing. never gonna go to the place where it's like fashionable to have dirt under your nails. True. You know? Wait. Is there a place like that? No, I'm just saying. Like, I see. Yeah. Tan yeah. <laughs> is now okay. Dirt under your nails. It's like the the attribute of a farmer that we're not going to. Uh, Good point. Uh, you know. Ad- yeah. Adapt. Yeah, that's never going to reverse. No. So everybody's still keeping their nails all fancy and and forever. Yeah. I've, oh, you know that is one thing that my Instagram does think that I like, and they are correct. Well, cause you, <laughs> cause you do. Because I love it, and I get videos from Russia. They're, those Russian lady <laughs> nail ladies are doing some crazy, crazy shit. They've got like butterflies where the wings actually flap and like weird holes in the nails with accessories that hang off. Like this, how would you wipe your butt? Oh, like for that's real. where it is for you. Like that's where your head is. I mean, first thought is typing on a computer. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, okay, well, maybe they just don't do that. And they, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, but everybody's got to wipe their bum. 
Well, don't they have bidets? I was think I was ju- I was just thinking that in my head. Maybe they have that different system going on. Yeah, they're so fancy. You just bidet it. It's like bidu it. You bidu it. I think that's what they're doing. They're bidoing it. It's nice when Instagram gets your desires right, though. Yeah, they think I want that. They think I want ASMR videos. They are, they are correct. They unfortunately think I want a lot of challenge content, do which they? I do not. Oh. Yeah, because, you know. Of course. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. The algorithm is correct about yeah. who might Yeah, like. they keep suggesting Johnny Bananas as a story I'd like to watch. No like, way. Instagram, you don't, you, you don't your know algorithm me. knows some things, but not everything. I'll tell you, though. What? I mean, whether you're wearing flip-flops or not. Mm-hmm. What would go with it is a Dagny Dover bag. Dude. 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 Also, We're so obsessed. I'm so obsessed. And first of all, mm-hmm. for like a million reasons, yeah. I, I bring my bag over here every day now. Well, not every day. I come over here, obviously. Yeah. But there's a neoprene compartment where you can put like uh, your laptop and it keeps it all safe and, you know, it's nice and padded. Mm-hmm. But neoprene is also really good for keeping things cold. So when I brought over the two bottles of white wine... They stayed nice and chilly in my Dagny Dover oh God, bag. That's so funny. That's not the intended purpose, but like meets our uh-huh. needs. What do they call that? Uh, uh, off-label prescription. <laughs> that's basically what I just did for the bag, and it's what it can do, what those compartments can store. And, and the Dagny Dover bags are so beautiful, but they are, as Sarah pointed out, very practical as well. It's like they've thought of everything. I can't wait. I have the... And their new colors are dropping like next week. How do you even know that? Because I'm, I'm, on, their, I'm on their email list because I, I've already bought three bags. Me Susan. too. I'm I know. It's, I just got the crossbody in red, which yeah, is so I'm so beautiful. jealous. I had a dream that I stole it. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, I had a dream that I found it in the back of my trunk. And then I felt really guilty because I'm like, oh my god i took it from her house she's gonna be looking everywhere for this and you're like i'm keeping this <laughs> yeah. yeah i wouldn't blame you we sarah's been bringing over the allen tote which is great for like work stuff like yes. she said you can put your computer ipad in there and then there's a compartment for your water bottle which i love there's a um what do you call that key for, leash. yeah key leash yeah. Um, it would be the so. best if you were a teacher or like it's just a if good you want to stay office organized. body or office body. Yeah, <laughs> I don't office know why body, I said baby. That. <laughs> office bag. <laughs> I'm just it's thinking just, how it looks nice with every body. It's nice when you can have a bag that looks sleek and you know is going to last you forever. Forever. It's a great investment. Um, they elevated the style. It has superior function. It's rich, 100% pebbled leather, purposeful pockets, wallet, phone, metro card if you're in the big city, and a water bottle. And um, the, they are offering our listeners a great deal. I'm so excited. You guys have to do this. 20% off your purchase when you go to dagnydover.com slash braincandy and enter our code braincandy. Don't put off getting organized. Our bag has changed our life. Check them out at dagnydover.com slash braincandy, D-A-G-N-E, dover.com slash braincandy and use the code brain candy to get 20% off your order. You'll be so happy you you did. The colors are beautiful. The leather is so luxurious. You'll love it. We go on and on too much, but I just, when you really like something, it's uh-huh. hard not to. Yep. <clears throat> okay. I have to discuss. Yes. And we'll of course wait. talk oh, about oh, it in book club tonight. I know. Oh my God. Oh my God. Don't even get me started on the Golden State Killer. Captured. What are the chances that this happens the week we are doing a book club on the topic? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it's pretty much us who caught him. 
it was our tireless efforts of I reading. Think, I think it was. Somehow we and our book club put that good energy into the universe. Our, so you're welcome. The book that we chose was um, I'll Be Gone I'll, in the Dark mm-hmm. by Michelle McNamara, mm-hmm. Patton Oswalt's wife, and uh, Crime Sleuth. Extraordinaire, and I is when I found out they caught that guy, that piece of shit. I didn't believe it at first. When you text, I was like, "This must be somebody else." This was hilarious because I don't know if you hadn't finished the book yet, and so yeah. I text Sarah, and I'm like, "Can you believe they caught the Golden State Killer?" And she was like, "Spoiler alert!" And That's I was like, what I was like. Is that in the end of the book? What is? And I'm like, "Today, dummy." Yeah, I'm like, "Wait, you mean?" <laughs> It's like my brain all of a sudden caught up to what was going on. I got chills. I felt like... Susie, I cried when yeah. I started to read the articles. It is so exciting. It's... It, I, and I watched a video on it, on, you know, just like a, the news doing their... I, like, I never watched the evening news. And it was something like, you know, KTLA's, like... Yeah. Whatever. But it's a big deal here because he was locally... He was right here. Yeah. And I got that feeling like, oh my God, I am in the middle of something that is going to be t- the same way we talk about serial killers, like yeah. all, all the time. <laughs> like we, we are right now in the middle of like, we it's got happening. like, it's, we're in it. It's so exciting. I, it's crazy that I'm this excited about it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's your favorite part? Okay. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> Because this is something you don't know. Or do I? I don't think. Okay. Because I had known a lot about this guy. <sighs> but, okay. I was watching something that, on YouTube about it after they caught him. Because I wanted to learn more about the crime. Because I haven't read that book yet for a Dude, book club. you have to read it. But I will, it. of course. It's phenomenal. But you know how he always wore a mask? And they had some composite drawings. But they yeah. really didn't know what he looked like exactly. Mm-hmm. And there was... Some people thought he had blue eyes. Some people yeah. thought he had brown eyes. It was really unclear. And um, he, he didn't leave fingerprints anywhere. And every victim, because a lot of the rape victims are still alive, of course. Mm-hmm. And he didn't kill all of them. So they could say what, he, what his penis looked like. Infant-sized. Micro-penis. Like a deformed penis. That, to me was so enlightening mm-hmm. because that I guarantee you that played a part in this whole of course. rape domination oh absolutely psychosis yeah and so that was that really opened my eyes in the book they there's one in the very end she mentions a <clears throat> victim who tried to use reverse psychology on him and said oh I really like this and he freaked out no. Yes. Because that's always been my plan. Uh huh. Like if Don't someone do it. breaks it, oh, it's no. almost like it. Thro- he said he like it, he it made him go it. nuts, and it made him more. Because then, it, then like, they don't wasn't think it's what rape. they want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then of course the the favorite part is the how they caught him, dude. Dude, because we were just talking I about know. this. I can't believe it. That's why I'm like, we we put it out there. We, oh my god. We were just talking about how just these two episodes ago genetic testing yep. has unintended consequences and now look. Well, and how about how the website that they submitted the genealogy 
two or like the the DNA two is like, look, dude. Was it twenty three and me? No, it's oh. this other one called GED. GED. Oh, I wrote it down. Hang on. Uh, I have. To, oh wait, where is it? GED. Uh, GED match. GEDmatch.com. Well, <laughs> it because it's another one that came out, and it's it came out with a different like user. What do they call them? Like a, a database? No, no. Um, like rules. Like like um, oh, like the fine print terms. Yeah, and like conditions. terms and conditions that were different. And it's a private. It's a closed like system in twenty three andme ancestry dot com. It's all private. Yeah. This one's open, and one of the one of the key traits of this GED match is that it's an open anonymous or like a, like that it's public knowledge. It puts it up, so the person you're basically saying, okay, by submitting my DNA, like I'm you also you want to know who you match up with, and, and I'm okay with other people searching it. I think what happened is somebody who was a relative of his, because that's how they found him with a fifty percent. DNA match, that's like a one degree of separation relative. So I think that somebody, when the book became popular, like somebody who was either a relative of his, lived in the area or whatever, said, I think I know who this is. And then they submitted it that way. And then that's like the, how, you know. Wow. Because why would somebody submit their DNA to an uh, open, like there's an intention this is the you only... either want to find somebody who like you're adopted and want to find who your family is, or you have some information you want other people to know about. Yeah, right. Whoa. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I mean, I, this morning I was like writing my notes for the book club, and <laughs> I'm like putting everything together. And one of my notes at the top is something about talking about you know using ancestry.com for DNA matching and shouldn't we be isn't it crazy that we're like not allowed because that was a whole section of the book where they talk about how the limitations of that and how that would be the answer no yes Suze and then I was like damn how did they do that and I opened it up this morning and it says it was a genealogy database and I was like oh my god I underlined it like four times (laughs) so in the book she says she is so great I know in the book she's like well this is the real this is how there's a whole section on those websites and how this is how we could catch them but it's like there are privacy you know sure. rules in place or whatever wow. Ooh, i've talked already so much what no i love it i'm obsessed with it i called my sister and i was like Greg, can you believe they caught the golden state killer do you know about this and she's like no and I'm like, okay, well, you know, Michelle McNamara wrote that book. And I'm go- and then I'm like, wait, do you know who Michelle McNamara is? Right, She's like, no. Start at square one. And then she I said, well, it's Patton Oswalt's wife and blah, blah, blah. And I go, do you know who Patton Oswalt is? <laughs> and she said, no. And so we, I had to go through the whole thing. And then when I was done, she goes, well, this is a real big day for you. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Dude. Because it's exciting. It is. It, my favorite favorite piece like of information that was uh made clearer because of this mm-hmm. where there are a bunch of witness statements where witnesses had said they heard him crying and saying mommy Mo- all the reports said mommy they all thought it was mommy 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 and then 
a few people were like, oh, it might be Bonnie. And then you find out it was Bonnie because he had an ex-wife named Bonnie. Oh, my God. When I found that out, I was like, oh, mommy was really well, Bonnie. Well, an ex-fiance. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that when they got to – or broke up or split up was when all this, like, started happening. Dude, that was, like, I, the trigger. I just can't wait to learn more about his family. He, so I do a little sleuthing of myself. I that he has a tiny penis. Of course. That's like, oh, I was looking up all of his daughters because I'm a psychopath. You, of course, are the one who does that. You're like, I don't want to know about him. As I want to know soon, about everybody who's associated as with As soon him. as I uh, heard his name, I went on this site that I used to find where everyone lives and stuff. <laughs> looked them all up. The one daughter is a PhD student at UC Davis. What? I was like, you know she's a brainiac. Oh, my God. I want to check our mailing list. I you swear. <laughs> Where? Dude. Because not that every blonde graduate student listens, but... But there's a good <laughs> chance. It's a fair number. Yeah. But yeah, I was oh like... Oh my gosh. Dang. We got a whole system mm. going on. Man. It's really exciting. What else is exciting, though, is taking good care of yourself and taking your vitamins. Mm-hmm. And that's So that why you could be fit and ready so you could run away from... from- burglars or attackers uh and we use ritual and i keep singing its praises because i have always wanted to take vitamins and never really could because they made me Mm -hmm. sick and these are the answer for me because i just take them every night at bedtime and they taste great like mint they have like that time somebody made them like what 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 were they waiting for no joke I am so happy, and it's great for filling those gaps in your diet. You know, we all try to eat healthy, whatever, but Sarah just brought over some Diet Coke, so I'm gonna, <laughs> you know, we don't always get it right, it's and balance, this is a great way to fill in the gaps of your diet with omega-3 and vitamin D. You know, if you don't leave your house like me, you need some vitamin D. <laughs> um, it's vegan, sugar-free, non-GMO, all that good stuff. And um, it's delayed release, which is why you won't get that sick feeling and you don't have to take it on a full stomach or anything like that. And it's a subscription service, so it goes right to your door. You don't have to worry about running out. And it's 30 bucks a month delivered to your door. And then, you know, you can snooze it if you get backed up because sometimes you forget to take it and then you can just change the date that it gets delivered. It's no problem. Forget everything you thought you knew about vitamins. Ritual is the brand that's reinventing the experience with nine essential nutrients women lack the most. If you're ready to invest in your health, do what I did. Go to ritual.com slash brain candy. Your future self will thank you for taking ritual. Consider it your lifelong health 401k. Why put anything but clean ingredients Backed by real science. We love that. In your body, go to ritual.com slash brain candy. Yeah, dog. Yeah, dog. Uh, yeah, so I'm super stoked about the Golden State Killer. And, and Bill Cosby. Obviously. It's like we just keep winning. <laughs> I know. And I love that women are the ones bringing these doofuses down, yes. you know? Oh, my God. And it feels really good. The, yeah. That Cosby moment. I, was, oh. I wish it had happened sooner. Yeah. That's the thing that bothers me. He's an old man. He's not going to last long. But better late than never. Yeah. And it just shows that, like, you know, it's got to feel good for all of those victims who do get justice. Like, it doesn't matter what time it served. Even just having people that judge hit that gavel and say that he's guilty. Oh, my God. Because it means that 
that you're justified and all like validated all of your yeah. feelings and emotions and everything and experience and all that. And that's very, very important. I just love that his undoing also was because he was so boastful and condescending towards the black community. He like admitted it, too, right? Well, he said, well, yeah, he said that he did drug them in a deposition, but that he, it was consensual. Cause you oh, know how yeah, women consen- love that. We lo- we're like, can you please drug me again? I love not remembering all the things you did to me. <laughs> no, but his undoing was because um, that deposition was unsealed oh, nice. because the judge was like, Mr. Cosby goes on TV all the time telling black people to stop dressing like they do and stop talking like they do and start behaving and go to school and get a job. So he's become a public advocate for good behavior. So that means I feel like we, we should have to unseal this and see if he has good behavior. Oh, and I was like, yeah, motherfucker. That's so good. Like, I just love when someone's mm-hmm. undoing is because they, yeah. which is so common. These yeah. the serial killers are often... Yeah undone by their egos and things like that yes yeah. we had a day of victory we sure did i mean doesn't feel like we have many lately right but but we'll take the ones we can get take what we can mm-hmm. get okay i have stuff for you yeah tell me <clears throat> i was reading this article in the new york times about the boston marathon this year which oh. did you read it no but i'm so excited about the winner Oh, why? Because it's the first time a woman has won in a long time. Yeah. And the, my favorite moment was when I was like, hey, honey, did you hear about the woman who won the Boston Marathon? And he goes, yeah, she won the female. She won for the women's division. Or like I said, did you hear that was the first time that an American woman won the Boston Marathon or whatever? He goes, yeah, the female won. And I was like, no. And then... 30 minutes later, whatever, he's like, oh, you were right. She won the whole thing. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what I was telling you earlier. <laughs> you don't listen. Jeez. Well, the I article was about how, how um, the weather was bad. It was raining like sideways rain. Wow. Um, I'm a, I don't know if it was that exact... I don't know if it was for last year or this year, but it was a recent article in the New York Times, so I'm assuming it was for this year. And it was talking about how when the weather is bad and it is terrible, that the men quit and the women don't. Yeah, I believe that. It's the same for swimming. Why? That women do bet, perform better. It's because of, we have higher levels of body fat. Yeah, they were and saying that, that was That's part why they of it. can outswim men in long-distance swimming because it doesn't affect, it doesn't, affect like their metabolism and like their and how their energy is stored because they've got so much extra key, insulation keep not so much extra but even just one percent keeps you that much warmer and so your energy is conserved to use it for running they were also speculating that in addition to the phys, you know physiological um benefits of having greater body fat that men have this are more likely to have a um a mentality of either I succeed or I fail. Uh-huh. And oh there's my God, no, that's so interesting. Like if they feel like they're going too slow and that they're not going to get the goal that they want, they'll just, they'd rather quit than get a less than perfect uh, outcome, which I thought was very interesting. Whereas women are comfortable with getting a different outcome. There's got to be a component of like child birth, like, rearing and being a mother and 
Well, they said that too. If you were only okay with perfection and you just quit and you were, no way. Well, and because of the nature of athleticism, most of the women running are of childbearing age and have either had kids or, you know. And they're like, oh, this ain't nothing. I remember what 36 hours of labor felt like. They interviewed women and they were like, it wasn't that bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that bad. This is great. Yeah. And then they said that. Because we got that don't quit. Yeah. Stuff. Well, and because when you are having a baby, you really can't quit. Right. <laughs> there's so no there's tapping more out. Of that. Um, there's but, pretty much nothing. Wow. Yeah. That's like the only thing that you Well, like, I mean, really I suppose couldn't. you could, and then they could do a C section, but like, yeah, I've never like, heard of anyone being like, no. No, I'm, I'm out of here. That's it. You take over from here, Doc. <laughs> but they also said finally that. Um, Women are, for whatever reason, better at pacing. And so they don't burn out early on. Hmm. Now it makes me think that that has something to do with an adrenaline boost. And like maybe like the, that desire to win, like if it's like a fat, like a shorter, like a faster burst or, or more of that in Mm -hmm. the beginning. Mm Mm-hmm versus like a slow drip of it that's consistent, like big spikes and big... hmm. One thing that I wonder, though, they didn't cover was uh, presumably everyone knew it was going to be crappy weather that day. Yeah. What if the women that are inclined to quit in the first (gasps) place just like don't show up? I'd love to know the registration numbers versus who showed up. I feel like if you're at Boston Marathon running status, you're showing up. Maybe, maybe not if you think it's going to be terrible, terrible rain. And if you like do marathons all the time, but they did say that the women, you have to qualify for that. And it's like a lot of races just to qualify. And you pay. They said that the, the other thing is that the women that participate in the Boston marathon have already overcome so much to get in way more than the men. Yeah. That. The little rain. Right. Yeah, no problem. But I really like that. I'll put that in the newsletter because that's a great article. Just interesting how the genders are different and how they respond to different effects. Landon and I signed up to do our first triathlon together. And the morning of, we, the night before, I told, it was his first triathlon and my like third one or so. And the, the morning, the night before, I told him, look, we really need to like rest. We need to get an early night's sleep. We have to be up at like four 30 in the morning. It's going to be a, you know, a big day. And he invited friends over and we were all, and everybody was drinking until like midnight or whatever. So we wake up the next morning. I'm all kinds of pissed off. I think I went to bed early while he, while he was like still partying in the other room. And <laughs> I was, I remember being so angry and we woke up the next morning. I'm like huffing and puffing Cause I'm like, I didn't get a good night's sleep. This is not how I wanted to do it. I wanted to be like restful and blah, blah, blah. And the outside weather conditions were horrendous. The waves were enormous. The wind was howling. I was like, I am ready to quit. We arrive there, race has been canceled. I was like, this is the best day ever. I was that woman who was like, I am so close to tapping out. I like, you know, and had I not, had I, and then it was like moved, postponed like two or three weekends from then. And I was like, yes, more time to train. It was fantastic. Um, Had I not been doing it with Landon, no chance I would have even put my bike on the rack. That's why 
that we're bad for each other though, because (laughs) we are queens of like, we should just cancel. Yeah, I'm like, definitely not do that. (laughs) You do kind of need to have somebody who's like, come on. Yeah. So she's like, we should go to Vegas. I'm like, why? So we could be in bed by eight? Let's pay to take a plane. Do exactly what we're going to go do. No, I'm totally travel and go to bed early. It's It's still really fun. I know. I love it. I still Sarah gets real silly at bedtime. It is so funny. (laughs) I'm like a little kid. Is that true? Like in real life, that you're like that, or is that just? I do get a little. I do get a little boost before bed. I usually like do a project before bed. Yeah, you have have a real funny. I do have a little boost. (laughs) It's the same as like Sigmund. You know how dogs get? Well, you probably don't know, but they get the yips. And kids. Where they're like, I gotta run around in circles. That's essentially That's what I think what I'm you. doing. And then I just wear it. But you know what? Not so much now because I'm like working out like crazy. So I'm just yeah. like. <sighs> well, okay. But, you know, and we've talked recently about like the whole baby pregnancy mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sh- shenanigan and Mother's Day's coming up. I still want to get you something. I'm I getting myself that, something. Yeah. You're, I, think, I think you told me that. You're yeah. like, I think I deserve that. I do. And it got me thinking because we've got a partner with Sherry's Berries and mm. they're encouraging people to get these for their moms in their life. And I thought this was such a great idea because my kid, his routine, he's five. Okay. So I can forgive, <laughs> but right. he and Adam always go to the dollar store mm-hmm. and pick out, that's what all those magnets on my fridge are. Like <laughs> they, there, there are two magnets that say Bon Appetit and they're spelled two different ways. <laughs> Like, no, I haven't even noticed that. Like, I just can't with it. Oh. So I'm going to encourage them to try this because these are fresh, juicy strawberries dipped in milk, dark, and white chocolate goodness. Come on. That's kind of nice because you're on this diet, but you could like, It'd it's like fruit. Treat. Yes. But, yes. And if you get the dark chocolate, then you get the antioxidants. And I'm all into like relaxing baths and a relaxing bath, like chocolate of strawberries. That sounds Stop. so nice. Oh. Yeah, and it shows that you put some thought into it. Your moms will love it, I swear. Just our, right now, our listeners can send Sherry's Berries starting at $19.99 plus shipping and handling. Or check this out. You can also double the berries for $10 more. Your berries will arrive in Sherry's Berries signature gift box with a beautiful ribbon. No gift wrap required. I'm into that. Um, so hurry and order today. There's only how many days left? Four, oh, my gosh. There's like four days. It's, it can be belated. It's okay. Okay. Till Mother's Day. That's the only thing that I'd be okay with belated is chocolate. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll wait as long as you need. Just give right. me more chocolate. There's only one way to get this amazing deal for mom. Freshly dipped strawberries starting at $19.99 plus shipping and handling. And remember, you can double the berries for $10 more. That's B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot com. Then click on the mic in the upper right corner and enter our code BRAINCANDY. That's berries.com, code BRAINCANDY. I could go for some of those. Mm, me too. And they're always those really big ones. I know. So Gimme. Yes. Lincoln will eat all mine. That's the only problem. Yeah. That's what happens to me kids. <laughs> they're nothing but trouble. Um, okay. So I thought that was an interesting one. Um, shall I carry on? Sure. There was a lady who decided to, you know how like men are always going, smile, you Ugh. seem like you're tired or right. whatever the hell they, right. you'll look prettier if you yeah. smile. Yeah. Well, she decided she was going to stop smiling for a year <laughs> or a month, one or the other. Yeah. Let me see. Women quit smiling. I, I bet know. that would it would severely affect your mood if you did it for too long. Well, she did say that how, you know, there's been these studies that show like if you're feeling down, that smile. if you just 
put on a happy face that it actually put does. On a happy face. Yeah, it has the effect of action precedes attitude. And so you feel happier. So that was a problem. But they did this high school yearbook study um, that American smiles have gotten toothier over the 20th century. Hmm. And I remember you and I spoke for a while about like different countries and like the way was we smile differently yeah. and how everyone thinks Americans are like, what are you, so, what are you smiling right. about all the time? Yeah. And it talked about how American smiles emphasize top teeth, which is a demonstration of dominance, while British people show bottom teeth Whoa. as passivity. And I think that's interesting. I don't even know how to smile with my bottom teeth. They include. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to do it. They include the bottom, so it's top and bottom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Whereas we're like, oh, I don't know what we're doing. I, I mean, at first my guess was like, <clears throat> oh, it's gotten, it's changed in the 20th century. Well, yeah. So it's dentistry. So maybe people are less inclined to hide their teeth in pictures. And orthodontia. Right. Yeah, that's become mainstream. That used to be for like the super rich. Now everybody gets orthodontia. I'm thinking of doing Invisalign. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I feel like they're starting to go like wing out. Really? Yeah. My dentist told me that. But you, you know what? Here's what's... Dentists. Okay, we got to have they a talk. Always. We got to have a talk. <laughs> because you... Keep pointing out these things about your face that you said. Like, do you say you have a Jay Leno chin now? I didn't point this out. Somebody else did. Your husband? No. I feel, like so- I feel like I saw... Maybe I saw you a picture. You told me that you saw a picture of yourself and you were like... Oh, <gasps> that was probably Oh, it. my God. It's Jay Leno. I was like, oh, da, God. Da, 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 and then I told Landon, I was like, oh, my God, look at my chin. He's like, yeah, you've always had that chin. Right. And I was like, What? But like you say, this is a new, is it a new development or you just never noticed? I probably never noticed. But also now you have teeth problems? Yeah, now I have teeth. Because my dentist pointed it out. But I think that's kind of like their job. What did she say? Oh, I love that you assumed it was a female. It wasn't. (laughs) But thank you for doing that. (laughs) What did he say? Uh, Oh, is this the one we don't like? No, not the one who said I had hopeless tooth. No, but... (laughs) Oh, not the one who said that I... Not the one who shamed me when I didn't want to get x-rays. I've now gone to three different dentists because I don't like them. I have a problem with dentists. (laughs) What did this one say? That your teeth are flinging out? Yeah, well, just, you know, that, like, I can consider Invisalign for my, uh, my, what do you call this? Uh, crossbite. You know. I feel like this is, like, a Scam. racket. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, because it's big bucks. What were we talking about teeth Sorry for? to interrupt. No, you, what, we, I feel, I interrupted How you. the woman quit smiling? Oh, so. right! <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I don't know. It, the The article really, it was a New York Times op-ed, I guess. And, um, she was just saying like what it's like and how hard it is and how yeah. she couldn't really keep it up because it's such an important way that mm. we communicate. And that was what we had talked about in a previous episode, how one of the reasons that countries with a lot of immigrants smile more is because it's a universal yeah, language. You want to be accepted. Yeah. And so you can communicate with yeah. people that you might not share their language. It's developed over time. Um, in fact, they were writing about how in a Walmart in Germany, they, you know, have the same rules as in the U S where they encourage smiling and stuff, but Germans were like, stop uh, doing that. <laughs> Yeah. Not everyone was flirting with them. Oh my god! So they had to can that. Like rule. when I think of places that don't smile, I do. I think of Eastern Europe. Yeah, and <laughs> also like Norwegian. 
Even if they're, what? Even they if they're nice people, I just think places where it's cold. Oh. So I wonder if there's any correlation between the weather and how much somebody smiles. Yeah, because the Jamaicans, they are happy, happy, happy. Yeah. And like people by the Thai equator. people? Oh, good point. Oh my God. They're like so Aren't smiley. They called the nation of smiles. Yes. Land of smiles. Yeah, that's it. The nation of smiles. Same. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I do hate that crap where men tell me to smile. They can can it. Um, remember how we were talking about the woman who sucked her thumb? Yeah. Up into an adult? <laughs> how could I forget? So I was reading this article on bad habits that you do that maybe aren't that bad after all. Yeah. And one of the ones that was on there was biting your nails and sucking your thumb. Okay, tell me so more. there was a study. Because I do bite my nails. Right? Me too. So there was a study that was conducted with, with, for, uh, with a thousand kids. Wow. And it was a longitudinal study that ran from the time they were five years old to when they were 32 years old. And with testing in between. So they tested all these five-year-olds and they looked a thousand five-year-olds and they were like, okay, how, which ones out of you bite your nails or suck your thumb? And they found a third of them did. A so, five-year-olds? Thir- a third of them. I thought it would be more. I would. I think that's high. Oh, really? A third of five-year-olds suck their thumb or bite their nails? I can't. I guess I can't picture them biting their nails that young. Oh my god, I did. Really? Yeah. And my little brother Lucas, sorry, Luke, used to bite his toenails. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But he quit. Don't worry. <laughs> what if he what didn't? If? No, he definitely did. We shamed him so much about it. He definitely did. We're like, <laughs> Lucas, get your feet out of your mouth. But right. this is the whole point. All right, all right. Is, so they tested these kids at age 13 and at age 32 and found that when they tested them, the nail biters and thumb suckers had significantly less allergies than the other kids. That's embarrassing. Like none. <laughs> My God. So we should just, it's because we're putting our kids in bubbles that they all have allergies. So we need to let them bite their nails and like play in dirt. And maybe like Lucas had it all right all along. Link, stick your foot <laughs> in your mouth. He took it up a notch, he right? He was like, I'm not going to be allergic to anything. Well, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not like kids or adults. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like we try to shame them out of doing it in the first place. Right. Well, I'm, I'm saying like we limit the, their germ exposure and because okay. we limit their germ exposure, we also, uh, limit their ability to build up an immunity to allergens. Natural stuff. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. Cause when I do bite my nails, um, my sister always says, that's such a dirty habit. Right. And honestly, I never thought about oh, it. Oh God. I, it I like quote unquote quit. Cause I'll still have relapses, but <laughs> Uh, when I moved to New York, what because happened? I was thinking about touching the subway and like the handrail, and then thinking about all the other people who touched the handrail, and I was like, then I put my fingers in my mouth. Oh my god, it's like licking a bum's taint. <laughs> Sarah, that is so gross. Which part, the nail biting or the bum taint? Bum taint, <laughs> and like that you're calling is that hyphenated? I always just call it taint. No, I believe it's just, a, it's like a bum's apostrophe S, taint. Cause oh, okay. Taint. Possessive. Possessive. All right. Gotcha. <laughs> My God. not hyphenated. Well, that's good news at least. Yeah. You tend to like bring good news over here. Yeah. It's like good news 
Yeah, actually, no bad news. Just all good news. It's also it's also good news if you are a person who likes to eat at home and you don't want to eat out all the time or go to the grocery store. There's a service that can help you deal with that called HelloFresh. You don't have to deal with anybody else's germs. You don't have to deal with germs. You don't have to. You don't have to leave your house. Um, HelloFresh. I'm sure you guys have seen this on social or online. Um, they have three plans to choose from: classic, veggie family and the boxes are made up of responsibly obtained ingredients and they rotate new recipes all the time so there's tons of variety i don't ever think i've cooked the same thing twice i have never no and i've been getting some really good Ooh, ones like there was a salmon one that was out of this world it had like a really delicious um dill sauce oh and i love a dill sauce it was so good and i thought i mean this is better than like oh a it was like super... a mustard dill i think i remember this yeah, yeah. And it was as good as a fancy restaurant, and it was, you know, you save so much money because it's less than $10 per serving and, and my free shipping. Part, no food waste. No food waste. It's super convenient because, like I said, they deliver it to your door in these little meal kits, so everything's pre-measured, and you know which ingredients go with which recipe because they put them in a little separate bag, so you know. And it's also just nice to cook. I feel like it's cathartic. I finish my work day. I go downstairs because <laughs> I'm here working. And then I get a glass of wine and I start cooking with my family. And it's a really special time. Yeah. And they have a deal for you guys. If you go to HelloFresh.com slash BrainCandy and enter... No, I got that wrong. HelloFresh.com slash BrainCandy30 and enter our promo code BrainCandy30, you can get $30 off your first week of HelloFresh. That's visit HelloFresh.com slash BrainCandy30 and enter promo code Brain Candy 30 for $30 off. And you get all those options and you can skip weeks, you can schedule it, whatever, whatever, whatever. It's really, really nice. Okay. Onward and upward. Yeah. So I didn't want Sarah's book club pick to get all the hype. Like, it's so rude that, like, rude. they found the Golden State <laughs> Killer. I know. I'm like, oh, my God. How are we – how am I going to fit all this? I know. And not oh, not take over for your book. I know because I chose Nell Scovell's book, and it's called Just the Funny Parts. Oh, come on. It's so such good. a great book. Nell Scovell was the showrunner for Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but Classic. she wrote for The Simpsons, NCIS, um, – Oh, Bob Newhart. Oh, hello. Which, you know, excites me. Um, Murphy Brown. She wrote on so many shows over the last few decades. And I love her book because she's telling these behind-the-scenes stories of what goes on in the entertainment business. But she's also teaching you how to be a better writer, what makes a funny joke, um, what it's like to be a woman in a male-dominated field, which is pretty much every... Yeah. woman's experience and being she was often the only woman in these writers rooms Jeez, she wrote for david letterman so hard it i mean it sounds like it was hard and yeah. it continues to be because not much has changed over the years a little bit of change but she worked for uh david letterman and then years later she wrote a new york times op-ed about what that was like as a woman and mm. how she hopes that late night will change and mm. start hiring more. Because what what ended up happening was, so let's say you have a room of white, straight bros. Yeah. And then oftentimes, 
as is the case with like freelance industry and the gig economy, you say, oh, I know a guy that could fill in this extra spot on the staff, but it's likely to be also a white straight guy. And that just carries on. And so there's no women, no people of color ever and minorities. And it's just something that has to change because representation matters. The jokes that come out of those rooms matter. The culture of what's funny right? and the idea that women aren't funny. Well, yeah, I guess not if you're, if, the only jokes that are allowed to be told are the ones that make white men laugh. Yeah. Right. So, but she does it in a way that this isn't a book like complaining about that or yelling about mistreatment. She's saying like, here's how I did it and encouraging women to lift each other up. Mm, And she has adopted my uh, motto, which is a rising type tide floats all boats and i really do feel like that like i'm all for like let's do this together yeah i want to succeed but that doesn't mean you can't too and she's done that like she'll submit women for other shows oh that's great they'll go to nell and they'll say do you know any women that would be so now she has a reputation of being the one too she's like the place right yeah and i love her she's on twitter you should follow her um and she's just a really wonderful person and i'm so Glad that I got to talk to her and that she's on the show today because she's so adorable and funny. She wrote jokes for Barack Obama. Oh, cool. Come on. Cool. I for mean, Barry? For Barry. For Barry Hussein Obama. And she's amazing. And um, I hope you'll read her book, Just the Funny Parts. But um, here she is talking about her experience and her book. Welcome to the show, Nell. This will be less of an interview and more just me telling you how awesome you are, but whatever. <laughs> uh, okay. That sounds great. <laughs> can I tell you, I am so sick of talking about myself. I knew I, you were going to be. Oh, no. Because <laughs> you don't enjoy this part, right? I I don't. And I think I'm figuring out that's one of the reasons I didn't become a performer. <laughs> But really, I like being inside other people's heads better than my own. (laughs) I totally get it. And I thought, oh, man, she probably enjoyed writing the book, but she probably hates having to talk to all these clowns all day. So I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, what what I did enjoy writing the book was I realized you can't relive your life, but you can reframe it. (laughs) Oh, that's a good tip. Yeah. and, And to sort of look back and uh realize that that uh the patterns that things fall into and also to kind of be nicer to yourself like you know i when you're in it you just see the struggle and then when you get outside it you're like wow i really stuck with it <laughs> right well and i was so struck by that when you know you're technically would be considered freelance right so you're constantly having to think, what's my next move? And that to me sounds, it's just brutal. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Hollywood invented the gig economy a long time ago. Yeah. Right? Um, And, you know, I do, one of my regrets is that during the down periods, I was always so anxious about finding the next job that I, I didn't enjoy it enough. Right. Because because you never know, like you you you're concerned that your last 
job was really that, your last job. And so instead of saying, I've got a few months off, I'll go travel, (laughs) I'll, you know, see friends, you're just hustling for the next job. Right. And then you get the next rest on your laurels. Yeah. It's weird that way because most businesses are more vertical and you, as you climb up the ladder, you get more power and, and Hollywood's just that jungle gym. Whenever you'd have one of those breaks where you, did you ever contemplate what your plan B would be? Well, it was always magazine writing, you know, it, it was always some form of writing or there were times I thought maybe I should try advertising because uh, I wanted to work in the only business that was worse than yeah. Hollywood. <laughs> right, more painful, soul crushing. Right. right. Well, early on in the book, you talk about how you came from a family that believed in complete honesty. And so that sounds real great until you get to Hollywood where everyone lies all the time. I mean, what was that like for you, the shock of that? It was kind of awful. And um, I fortunately found a bunch of friends who were more like me. It's also, I have this terrible poker face. So I, (laughs) I just couldn't ever do the lying thing. And even when I was a director, you know, part of directing, there's this is like, Oh, that was great. That was great. You know, but if you could just try it a little more like this and I, I was always so panicked, like, they're never going to believe me. (laughs) So then, and and in fact, you know, I finally, with some of the actresses, just said, please don't make me do that. (laughs) Just let me tell the truth. Is it okay if I'm just honest? And they always said, yes, of course. They don't want to be treated like children either. Well, Well, some do. right. (laughs) Right. You talk about, though, how, like, you somehow magically have this ability to absorb rejection in such a healthy way that I don't have where you're like, I'm just going to think about the next opportunity while those people are sad about being rejected or their punchline didn't get enjoyed. How the heck do you do that? How do we do it? Yeah, man. Volume. <laughs> it's, no, it, it is a volume business. And one, I always have a handful of projects that I'm working on so that when four go away, I still got the one. Oh, right. It's a numbers game. It is a bit. And yeah, I I was really fortunate um, to have the stable family and to know I always had that safety net, both financially and economically. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, people have, uh, Accused is maybe too strong a word, but we'll use it. Accused me of being a person of privilege. I mean, I really wasn't. I, my grandparents had no education. They were all immigrants. And, you know, I grew up in a middle class neighborhood and went to public schools. But yes, I went to Harvard and yeah. um, that's considered privilege. But the real privilege of my life was having this wonderful family. Oh, man. That's yeah. nice. Um, and that's, I, and I feel sometimes badly saying that because that's something I can't fix, mm-hmm. right? So that is why it's a privilege. It's like something that is given to you that not everyone has. And 
you can't just buy it. Yeah, I mean, it seems, though, that the ways that you might have been privileged or or had a support that other people don't, you give it back. I'm so uh, inspired by you, and I feel like you're a hero because you help other gals that are talented get work. You really put legs behind your philosophy, and I think that's unusual, sadly, and it's amazing. So really, I once, thanks. Oh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. And I, I once heard Gloria Steinem speak, and someone said um, something like, are you thinking of passing the torch, mm. which is basically saying, hey, lady, you're old. So I thought it was a pretty rude question, and she handled it so graciously as she does everything, and she said, I hope to use my torch to light other torches. Yes. Right? Instead of get me the cheaper, younger Gloria Steinem. Right. Or there can be only one. You know, you've got this torch. Who are you going to give it to? It's like, no, that's not how it works. I want to be not, you know, first and only, but, but first of many. Yes. And I feel like the rest of us are benefiting from your generosity. So it's just really awesome to see. Um, and that's why I'm so excited. Well, I benefited him. from from others' generosity too, from Robin Schiff, from Suzanne Daniels, from Nina Tassler. Hmm. And on top of it, you know, I really, looking back, I thought, you know, I I was successful and it was hard and it really didn't need to be that hard. Yes. It shouldn't have been that hard. <laughs> so if I can make it easier for someone else, uh, that. You know, in in a weird way, it, there is. It's it's not a direct. Um, it's it's not completely altruistic. I think there is that wish fulfillment of. I mean, it doesn't help me directly, but I wish someone had done it for me. Yes, <laughs> and so yes. I get to do it for someone else. Well, that's something that you explore in the book as well. The sort of. Um, weird sabotage that women sometimes do to each other. And I mean, do you think there's less of that now or it's the same as ever? I do. I think that there's less and I credit Sheryl Sandberg. And I I feel like one of the many benefits of Lean In is she made it cool for women (laughs) to support other women. Yeah. Because it used to be this duty, right, Madeline Albright, there's a special yeah. place in hell. <laughs> and I, as I say in the book, if there's a special place in hell for women who don't help other women, <laughs> there should be a special cloud in heaven for women who do. Like, it can't just be another burden. And I think right. what Cher- Cheryl has preached for a long time is, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats. Like, yes. we helping each other helps ourselves yeah there and and like you talk about how if you're the only gal in a writer's room or a boardroom or wherever don't think of it as I'm it's because I'm better it's because there's a problem yeah and hopefully if you are the only one in the room then you can help solve that problem like right and hopefully the men also start waking up be great I was gonna ask you because you have sons I have a son 
And originally I was going to say, how can we encourage our daughters? And then I thought, no, I want to know Nell's advice for us, like how we can tell our sons to do better. Well, I, that always feels like we're skipping a generation. Okay. I, I, I would like us all to really get our husbands, our brothers, and our male friends to do better. Yes. And maybe it doesn't even directly help us. But, you know, if your husband's in investment banking, encourage him to mentor other women. Hmm. Um, because I think one of the reasons men don't is they think their wives will be jealous. Oh. So, so tell your husband, you'll get more sex if you help <laughs> a woman or what, or whatever uh, he wants. But, um, and, and your, and our brothers, right. Even if your brother sells cars, like ask him how many women are in the showroom. Mm -hmm. Do you, you know, do you support them? Do you include them or do you ditch them when you go to lunch with the guys? I'm so glad you said that. Cause I was in your book, you talk about how, um, a lot of what ha has transpired came from white male writers who then would say, hey, you would like my friend to come on staff. Right. And then it, it perpetuated. And I, when I finished that part of the book, I said to my husband, because he's a freelancer, when people call and ask you for a job and you can't do it, you you probably say, here's my white male friend, right? And he said, I totally do do that. So maybe yeah. if we, as wives and sisters, say, hey, quit doing that, maybe they will. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Um, oh, good. <laughs> do you think that you would ever work in late night again, or are you like so over it? Oh, it's so funny you say that because <laughs> every now and then I think like I love that last week tonight. Yeah. Like, hmm, that kind of combines everything I love. <laughs> so, and I think there is some sort of um, like it comes full circle thing that that you think mm -hmm. about, but yeah. I mean, I'm always game, right? Okay. One more shot. <laughs> I love this. Let's put that out into the ether. I'm hoping that that <laughs> doesn't Jill Twist work on that show? She does. No, it would be it would be weird because I'm friends with everyone there. But that would be you better. know, I do admire that show. So good. And I, I will be totally honest. A few years ago, I was gathering names for Colbert was looking for writers. And the, the producer actually said to me, you know, if you want to submit, why not? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that. Oh, yeah. In part because I'm always asking women to submit. And I sort <laughs> of wanted to know, like, what's it like? How much do they ask for? How long will it take? So, you know, I wasn't really serious. It wasn't a moment in time. I still had a kid in high school that I was about to move to New York. But I sat down and I... I do my submission and I'm thinking, you know, it's not bad. Actually, it's pretty good. I didn't get a call back. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, not even a call back. Not even second round. <laughs> That's bizarre. I can't accept that. There must have been a, an error. That was a mistake. But, I did write it pretty quickly, I have to say. And what is <laughs> Maybe it like? I should have spent a little more time. <laughs> when you make a packet like that, is it really stressful? No, I didn't have that much yeah. at stake, yeah. but uh, yeah, it is. Of course it is. Right. I would think so. And then are you a person that second guesses or are you just real confident about what you create? I'm an iterator. So I do, if 
I know everything gets better with time and the more we work on it. So um, that that's kind of, I, I stress when I don't have a lot of time to work on something. Right. Well, I, I think that this might be the, the next move for you. <laughs> now you're on your life coach. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> one of our, um, we have a book club on our podcast and one of our listeners wanted to know from you when you were working on Sabrina, um, whether the dynamic of having more women on the show and in the writer's room made your experience more pleasurable or not. Oh, I don't know that it, it changes it dramatically. Hmm. I mean, I, I think, you know, women are people too. And, <laughs> and well, here's one specific way. Two of the women got pregnant during the, uh, well, one was pregnant when I hired her and then took a lot of time off and the other got pregnant. And, um, I, I think they were kind of lucky to have a female boss cause I was very happy for them. <laughs> and I'm right. not sure a male boss would have been quite as like, Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> right. So there might've been more support there implicitly. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll tell, I'll tell Chloe. She wanted to know that. Um, I was wondering about specifically an, a story in the book where there was a show about a lawyer who followed her, read her horoscope. The show got picked up, but ultimately didn't make it. And it was because the guy didn't think that horoscopes were compelling in some way or whatever. Do you think by the way that, that, can I just say that's the same guy who didn't want to put Grey's Anatomy on the air? No. Yeah. This guy really. He's gone. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, if he had been a woman, do you think that that whole outcome would have been changed? Yes, I me do. Me too. <laughs> me too. That really bums me out now. I know. It was a fun script. I'll send it to you if you want to read right, it. Right, because I thought, that's a show I want to watch. Yeah. That's fascinating. Um, yeah. Okay. We ask everybody this one question. It's hard-hitting journalism, which is, what do you keep in the trunk of your car, if you have a car? Oh, I have a road kit I got from NCIS. It was like a oh Christmas God. gift. That's so awesome. And, uh, uh, and an umbrella, which doesn't get used very much in Southern California. That's right. Right. It's gathering <laughs> But if dust. you need it, you want it there because it's not like New York where you can run into a store on every block and grab one. Right. Like whenever it rains out here, I genuinely don't know how to turn my windshield wipers on. I'm baffled every time and I'm probably looking so dumb. Um, last thing I will ask and then you're free. Um, whenever you worked on Newhart, why is it that you never spoke to him until that last moment? It was my first sitcom job. And I, you know, one of um, my strategies was if I can blend in and not call too much attention to myself, they'll let me keep doing this thing I love doing. Yeah. And and so I think it just, it, it came out of um, just 
I don't want to say insecurity, but but feeling like I knew my place. <laughs> yeah, like you want to slip under the radar. And it's why when I see Sheryl Sandberg's TED Talk in 2010, mm-hmm. um, which is called Why We Have So Few Women Leaders, and she talks about sitting at the table and waving two women over who were sitting on the periphery, I was like, oh, my God, that's what I did. (laughs) So and and it's really why I kind of fell in love with her just from this one TED talk of like nobody ever pinpointed because I thought that was a Nell thing to do. (laughs) And what she told me was, no, that was a cultural thing that the culture had taught me to do that. It's so crazy because you're so amazing and like, oh. <laughs> I just, I just can't even believe so, it. someone like you would sit on the periphery ever. Yeah. You're magical. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, I just hope everybody reads the book and I just am so I honored. I do too. Yeah, they will. They're going to love it. Because it's funny, right? And oh. I worry that there's all this emphasis on, on, um, you know, the gender stuff, but, but it, that's not. I mean, that happens to me because I'm me, but there's also just a lot of fun stories about the Muppets and the Simpsons. And um, it is like I saw on Twitter, somebody said that it was like three books in one. And I totally agree because there's the gender stuff, of course, but then there's like how to be a writer and sort of dealing with the business. It's like a manual in three different forms, don't you think? Right. Well, I tried to write about the three things I love most, which are comedy, creativity, and equality. Mm. God, I love you. So if you like those things, you should read the book too. And if you don't, I feel very sorry for you (laughs) (laughs) because your life must be miserable. (laughs) Everybody's going to read it and love it and you're brilliant. And I hope you keep writing, whether it's on late night or another book or whatever you do. Oh, thank you. This is so much fun. I appreciate it. I'm sorry that you had to talk about yourself, but just we can't help it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Nell. Congratulations. You too. Bye. Bye.